Hello everybody and welcome to Bruvagoon, your weekly dose of bicycle bicycle stories and bicycle people. Yes, I decided to go for my favorite way of saying Broomwagoon, Broomwagon to American. Broomwagoon, it looks like a bit between French, European, let's say European. Bicycle, at the end of the day, comes from Europe, right? Yeah, apart from regional stuff, uh, I'm just jealous because I would love to have Lance Armstrong at this microphone. I will do it once. But apart from this, I just want to say thank you to all of you to follow me and to send all the feedbacks all the times. And how and where you are doing it. You are doing it at hello at calamaro.cc. That's my email. Or calamaro.cc, instagram.com, calamaro.cc. Yes, that's my Instagram account and twitter.com slash readcalamaro. Probably you noticed that I'm not so active in the social media in this period, sorry. Snow outside, I'm also a bit depressed because here the weather is not so good as in Mallorca and also on the other side, I'm preparing something really good for next weekend. I am preparing some fireworks. Yes, I'm gonna make a couple of presentations and the Berliner Farad Schau this weekend and yeah be tuned check it out something is gonna pop up during my time on social media over there i have to say thank you to my sponsors as usual i'm talking about isador and the perfect gears that are providing to the world lana merino such a cool thing and wahoo but we're gonna talk about wahoo a lot today yes because i have at my microphone here today ingo urban the country manager representative, the main person here in Germany of Wahoo. We talked about a lot of cool stuff, but why I have to tell you what we talked about? Let's just shoot the interview. Continuing on the conversation about the characters of the bicycle world and also people that are running, let's say, cool business around Germany and around Europe. Today I'm here and I'm hosting the episode where my guest is Ingo Urban from Wahoo Cycling. Finally, we made it, Ingo. Yeah, we made it. <laughs> so, yeah, we know, we, actually, we met the first time, I think, three years ago. Then we got actually to know uh, all the way of myself explaining and communicating. And I really love Wahoo as a concept itself. So we became friends and whatever. And then thanks a lot for this year of supporting from Wahoo. And I think that today is going to be great just to have a really lovely chat about the bicycle world in Berlin and the bicycle market in general. So really, really welcome, Ingo, and super happy to have this talk with you today. Yeah, welcome, Stefano. Yeah, we met, uh, we worked nearly door by door, <laughs> let's <True>. say, <laughs> a time ago, and we didn't know about it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. One, one day we found out and uh, then we had a lot of coffee together and some lunch. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And also an amazing party a couple of weeks ago at your new office. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so as I was saying, you are many things. You were and now you are many things in the bicycle market, in the bicycle world. But let's start from a small introduction about yourself, Ingo. Who is the bicycle, let's say, Ingo? Yeah, so it all started in uh, 1989. I think that's uh, a point where for a lot of people in my age uh, started their cycling history because it was the Tour de France of uh, where Greg Lemond and Laurent Fignon did the final battle around, uh, regarding the, the yellow jersey in the final stage and the final time trial with only a few seconds of uh, 
distance between the first and the second place. At this time I was 14, now everybody knows how old I am. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, and uh, I grew up in a very small village where I, from the sport side, I could choose between uh, going to a shooting range with, with air guns or soccer or singing in a, singing, singing in a chorus, but uh, there was nothing uh, around cycling or bicycles. And uh, there was uh, at the German Tagesschau when I was this age, uh, then I saw at the end of, they had some sports news uh, at the Tiger's show and there was like, I don't know, one or two minute summary of the Tour de Frost stage. And I saw this and uh, this moment was, yeah, like a kind of, of magic. A few days, one or two days later, I went to the supermarket uh, with my mother and then I found the, the bicycle magazine, uh, a tour magazine from July 1989, which I still have here in my office. Uh, and uh, so from this moment on, all this cycling thing uh, started for me. And uh, then uh, we have, uh, I'm, I'm uh, evangelic or protestantic, and you have this confirmation when you're around, uh, when you are 14. And uh, then you get money from family and friends. And uh, what I did with the money, I bought my first uh, road bike, a red Bianchi road bike. And that's where it all began nearly, nearly 30, years, uh, 30 years ago. And then you never stopped, right? You continue riding your bicycle, finding something new, some new adventure for your bicycle? Yeah, for sure. First, uh, during school, and this road bike was only for me about cycling because there was no cycle club. We had a, we had a, a hill which is called Hoher uh, Rotskopf in the Vogelsberg. So it was, it is around 800 meters uh, high. And yeah, my first goals were, were okay reaching, going up to this hill uh, with my road bike and uh, buying magazines and read everything about bicycles and starting to buy bike magazine because mountain bike was yeah growing or starting to grow a lot and uh, after finishing school we had to go you can choose between going to the army or going to uh, the public service i went to the, the public service and uh, in a bigger city which was around 30k from the small village away and uh, there I was working in the hospital, at the kitchen of the hospi hospital. And uh, this work started very, very soon in the morning at 5, 5.30 in the morning. And I was finished with work at uh, 2 p.m., around 2 p.m. And uh, in this uh, city uh, called Altsfeld uh, in Hessen, which is in the center of in the middle of Germany. And uh, yeah, there was a bike shop and I was visiting this bike shop frequently and yeah, started to work in this bike shop. So in the morning I did the public service and uh, then I started to work in the bike shop and learned mechanic, st mechanical stuff. Uh, you yeah. put your hands on the dirt, let's I, say. I put my hands in the dirt, yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I started bu uh, learning building bicycles uh, from scratch at this time. So I built my bicycles and was uh, working on the bicycles by myself uh, in the beginning, but I never, from the beginning on, but I never, never learned it. So my, my dad, my father was a mechanic 
mechanic guy and uh, I learned some stuff from him but how to do it real, really really perfect that's what I learned uh, at this at this bike shop and there I started uh, to to do mountain bike racing so yeah 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 and then at a certain point you got to know actually the uh, let's say complicated and hard job as bicycle messenger right yes so during this time st still in hessen uh, so the let's say the only job i've seriously learned with a with a document in my hand was then finally bicycle mechanic i tried to study uh, sports and uh, german in in hessia but uh, finally i moved uh, to berlin uh, with this uh, document and then i started to study uh machinenbau uh, what's the english word for machinenbau like engineering engineering okay engineering and okay. Uh, but uh, for, for sure you have to earn money uh, always especially when you live in berlin and want to party hard then you you need money uh, and that's why i started working in that was in 1999 uh, as a bicycle career at uh, yeah at messenger bicycle career service or the oldest bicycle career service uh, here in berlin great so yeah another step in the bicycle world till we are in today which one is your occupation now how you are linked together with the bicycle uh, now i'm linked together with a bicycle so let's my company is called a little bit because of my name it's called uh, urban cycles and <laughs> it's amazing, by the way. So it's the perfect explanation. Yeah. You know? And uh, but it's not my born the name I was born with. So I I've uh, taken the the name of my wife because it sounds better. <laughs> okay. Okay. Aesthetical yeah. reasons. Aesthetical and marketing reasons only for marketing reasons. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> no. Okay. No. No. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, and uh, now I'm connected uh, with the bicycle world with uh, working for Wahoo. So Wahoo is um, is from Atlanta in the USA. They're manufacturer of uh, of indoor trainers, of GPS bicycle computers, and some sensors like heart rate sensors, speed sensors, uh, and so on. Then I'm uh, consulting uh, events like uh, the, the Velo Berlin, a bicycle expo, which will take place at uh, the 14th and 15th of April. Uh, here in Berlin at the airport uh, Tempelhof. Then together with two colleagues, uh, with, with Seco and with, with Götz, uh, we are, I'm doing the, the Velo stuff and together with uh, Seco, I'm doing also yeah, Lucio di Litos, uh, which is a guava energy, energy bar, which is uh, absolutely vegan, biological sustainable sustainable so what a bar has to be uh, today <laughs> and yeah yeah and actually you can throw the cards on the street because it's bio it's bio you know no, you are not uh, yes, polluting around yes it's it's wrapped in a banana leaf an energy bar wrapped in a banana leaf not in any plastic uh, or alloy or whatever and uh, when when you eat it you only throw the the, the banana leaf uh, away and and for all these brands i'm doing different stuff if it's organizing events marketing also leading and building up uh the sales it's a little bit like uh and in germany we say mädchen für alles <laughs> for, for stuff so uh, do, doing 
doing everything, but focused on on bicycle, on the bicycle branch, and on the on the on the bicycle uh, industry. Great. So let's make a step back. Let's say, and uh, we're going to talk about everything, all the different steps and all the different events that you are involved. By way, by the way, and uh, but first of all, you said that actually you were involved in a lot of yeah uh, market and fields on the bicycle world. How do you see actually the bicycle world and the bicycle market and the bicycle field in general? right now here in berlin but in general so right now there there are a lot of uh, changes in the in the bicycle industry and in the bicycle world so let's say for me there are two big big sections uh, in the bicycle industry let's say that you see the average cycling or call it urban cycling or public cycling so what everybody is doing if it's cycling to work cycling to to the soccer training cycling to to party to to whatever uh, or also in holidays do some travel stuff around cycling and then there is the performance uh, cycling uh, and uh, performance cycling that's what i'm mainly involved with especially uh, with wahoo and also in the stuff i'm doing for the velo berlin Uh, is uh, focused around the performance cycling and that's the main part of my uh, cycling uh, history being involved in the performance uh, cycling section and uh, this area is let's say for sure you have in every business it's up and up and downs and uh, sadly because of some history in Germany especially you had these uh, downs in the beginning and the end of the 19s with all these uh, doping scandals and stuff on the business side this performance cycling sometimes it's a little bit more mountain bike and it's a little bit more road bike uh, <clears throat> is very stable but it, what what is growing massively and changing massively is uh, all these average public uh, cycling stuff yeah i all the time i actually define this kind of cycling like yeah casual riding because it's the same thing that people before were doing while they were socializing i don't know in the golf clubs or whatever obviously we are not talking only about the upper class no, no, no. of the society we are talking about everybody you know staying in the in the social side of sports with other different sports now fortunately this sport that became i don't want to say trendy but for sure more developed and yeah. more shared around is And this actually helped everybody to focus on the, as I was saying, social part of cycling and enjoyable part of cycling and not, fortunately, only about yes. the performance side. It's cool, for sure, using bicycle computers or checking your Strava, for example, and everything to check your number. I'm also a marketing yeah. guy. I love numbers anyway, so I can understand it. But on the other side, it's more something like going with a bicycle to socialize and to meet new people that are maybe in the business that you can start some cool stuff together, some cool projects, some creative stuff, some content creation stuff. It's a thing that everybody of us in the market yeah, is doing. Yeah, it, for sure. Right? And... Uh all these new media stuff, social media stuff, if it's Facebook and Instagram and uh, everybody is able to create videos if it's with, with his smartphone or with uh, uh, action cams uh, or whatever. And uh, this content and uh, yeah, brands like Rafa or later on Brooks uh, uh, also used uh, these new media and, and stuff and bring it to a 
to a bigger audience and show the people, hey, cycling is cool and uh, cycling does not have to be only competition or cycling does not have to be only uh, with uh, uh, self self knitted socks in in uh, and uh, and backs on a on a, on a ugly backs on a on a on the rack. So, so cycling can can be cool. So for sure, there there's a new. There was during the last ten years, uh, this has changed changed a lot. And for me, absolutely in a in a in a positive way. Yeah, and. You actually anticipated my question because my question was actually meant to be um, which factor do you consider to have to help this that help these changes between only the performance and only stuff that you want to watch on TV or whatever to the social side and the casual side of cycling? You already mentioned something. You mentioned social media. Can you see something else? <clears throat> yeah, the social media and the social media brings uh, the people together. So all these communication stuff makes it more easier to find people uh, with the same, with the mm -hmm. same interests, uh, with the same or, or ideals, <laughs> yeah, or ideals uh, of cycling. And it's much more easier Uh, to get in touch with these people so it's not only the guy in your even when I came to Berlin and uh, started to work as a bicycle career for sure you have this bicycle uh, career scene uh, I think in 1999 okay there was maybe a little bit of internet and stuff but it was in at the career service then okay you met other careers but then you live in this uh, career bubble or if you are in a cycling club you live in this uh, cycling club uh, bubble and you meet uh, every weekend the whole guys uh, at this cycling uh, club and now with uh, cycling especially in bigger cities with cycling coffees uh, and meeting points where you not go only in, into a bike shop for buy a bike or spare parts or apparel uh, for your for your hobby, uh, for cycling. So you have also, you know, if we are here in Berlin, you have also the shops like uh, Standard, where, where they started uh, also with a coffee where you uh, meet for a coffee or still vintage bicycle. If we go back to my old Bianchi bike, <laughs> for example, <laughs> you go to still vintage bicycle, can have a lunch there, can meet people with the same interest. So around cycling or, For sure, the latest uh, opening here in Berlin, uh, which is the Rafa Clubhouse, which not only brings together cyclists uh, from Berlin, so as they are for sure big, they are international, and uh, if you're at uh, this spot, you meet cyclists from, from London, from the Netherlands, from Australia, or wherever, so it's getting more, <clears throat> more in international. So let's say what happened on social media, and especially in big cities, Uh, like Berlin uh, has, yeah, moved moved to real moved to real life. Yeah, actually, I also believe, and that's my uh, my questions, yeah, my further question. I believe that actually in these changes that uh, the bicycle world saw in these years and uh, and everything, I believe that also there was a pretty interesting changes in the trade show on bicycle uh, that actually they changed because they at a certain point they decided not to pull inside 
brands as something like only the bicycle there, the tech there, whatever, but also put inside of the trade show yeah. the people. So manufacturer, uh, frame builders, or also people, designers of apparels and everything. And I think that this change actually was probably made here in Berlin with the Farad Shaw. And now we're seeing a second era, a second view with the thing that you are organizing, talking about Develop Berlin. How actually did you see the change on the fair? Do you see the changes on the fair? And uh, how are you trying to develop this new concept with working on the organization of Develop Berlin? Yeah, so to, to go back to the uh, uh, what, what you mentioned, so let's say 10 years ago, you had the Eurobike at the big the B2B show with, uh, for sure, a day for the, the public audience, which was which came mainly out of this uh, uh, Friedrichshafen, Lake Constance uh, uh, area. Uh, but this is and still is uh, the biggest uh, B2B uh, bicycle show. And for sure, 10 years ago, you had some local bicycle expos, but which were mainly for showing uh, local shops it was more a sales platform or uh, not only a sales platform uh, a sale platform <laughs> for uh, stuff they could not sell in, in bicycle shops so they, they did not look live if you want to uh, maybe i go to this expo to get a cheap uh, bike and especially in berlin 10 years ago nothing like this exists and at this time i came in touch with uh, with a company called, yes, the Station Berlin, which are still the owners and organizers of the, the Berlin Bicycle Show. And they had this uh, idea uh, doing a bicycle show for several reasons. Uh, and uh, because, yeah, they had a nice location. There was uh, Sebastian, uh, a bicycle collector, stored his bike bikes there there was uh, and still is mark who is a serious uh, cyclist out of the the, the mountain bike uh, section and they started with the idea of doing a bicycle show and uh, but what they were missing uh, at this time is a real concept of the show on one hand and on the other hand uh, a contact uh, to the the industry uh, and uh, that's where i jumped in into this uh, into the Berlin Bicycle Show in the end of 2009 and kind of created the concept, uh, how it still is. If we do a bicycle show here, let's show the people stuff that they don't see in a bike shop around the corner. So what I that said at this time, okay, if you want to see 5,000 square meters uh, bicycle, you can go into a big bike shop like Stadler here in Berlin, but that's not what an expo is for. So. And because of my history, I knew frame builders from all over Germany. I knew smaller brands. I knew startup uh, brands and uh, was connected to them. And so, okay, let's bring all these young creative brands. If it's a bag manufacturer, a frame builder, whatever it is, let's bring them uh, together. Let's not focus on the on the big brands. Uh, in the bicycle and on the big companies in the bicycle industry so let's let's create something that is interesting and that one day will get interesting mm -hmm. we are now uh, consulting help working for the uh, the velo berlin and uh, it's not to make the velo berlin let's do 
kind of a 180 degrees turn and make a completely different uh, expo out of it. Uh, but okay, what what are the needs? Because since the founding and beginning of the the Farad Show ten years ago, the bicycle world has has changed again, and it's still it's still changing. And everybody was everything was standing a little bit, and now both expos are finding themselves new, and especially with the Velo, with moving to the airport uh, Tempelhof that opened up with a lot of space a lot of possibilities in the center of the city with a very good uh, infrastructure around it if it's for the uh, side events on the airfield and in in front of the building and uh, inside of the building if it's for the also what also is important if it's for the the um, the exhibitors the brands okay all the infrastructure where can i park my car uh, moving in moving out and so on so this is uh, a, a difficult location because it's no classic expo where you have a power plug in the floor and you put your plug in and you have power at the booth and stuff like this so it's still a kind of an off location it's a challenge uh, to host an event here, there but it's a great opportunity to help uh, to host this challenge and bring in new ideas and uh, new sections of cycling like performance side more performance cycling uh, in in my case uh, into the into the velo velo Berlin. cool and if i can ask you this question so if you can name just one detail that is going to be different between the velo and the others what would you name so what we are trying to do and what we we will do is uh, to give also the, the the velo a total look so mostly expos uh, are like okay renting space and there's a booth and this ex exhibitor does what he wants and there's the next booth and this exhibitor does what he wants and uh, there's no concept in the whole uh, presentation and uh, from our view especially the location gives you a kind of a direction how the whole event has has to look like for sure this cannot be done let's say in the first uh, edition there are so many uh, steps to do but uh, we are thinking about the next two three four five years uh, and longer how the let's say how the, the final look uh, of the expo will be so this will be different to the velo how the velo was was in the past and uh, this is still different to a lot of uh, other expos uh, that are around there. Cool, cool. Yeah, this looks exciting. So uh, I for sure you will meet, you will find me there the 14th and the 15th of April to see all the news and also all the partners and exhibitors that are going to be around. And for sure, one of the exhibitor and one of the character that are going to show there, there all the potential and all the things that they are doing is going to be Wahoo. Yes. So let's talk about the second part of the soul of the Ingo cycling right now, the urban, sorry, urban cycles right now. <laughs> let's say. Um, so Wahoo, actually I got I, something like, I got, first of all, it, I would say, I got it and by Wahoo at the beginning because this company was trying to get inside of an industry, of a market that was actually a monopoly. It was everything Garmin. And we're talking about not so long ago, two years ago, 
probably three, no, two, two years ago. Yeah. And they actually were, I saw Wahoo as somebody, who, somebody, something that was trying to get inside of a market, really complicated, giving something new. The something new was actually a better user experience an easier experience for the user to calculate, to enjoy the bicycle ride. Let's put it in yes. that way. Yes. And uh, I would say that actually this is the foundation of the Wahoo. How is it developing, Wahoo? How are you seeing this thing over there? You are now one of the main players over there. Also, a lot of um, bicycles or of uh, clubs or pro tour teams are using Wahoo. Why do you think that there was this introduction inside of the bicycle world and how is going to develop this thing of Wahoo in the bicycle world? Yeah, so to, to, to emphasize, we, I think we have to, to go back into the beginning and to the, the history of Wahoo. So I first got in touch with Wahoo around three and a half, four years uh, ago because uh, let's say like, like a kind of a hobby. I was uh, helping out some professional uh, trials leads. At this time, it was uh, Joseph Spindler and Diana Riesler. Uh, so multiple long distance and, and Ironman winners. And I was helping them out with finding sponsors and partners out of the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then Joseph came to me, hey, Ingo, I, I need a Wahoo kicker. Okay, what's a Wahoo kicker? So okay. I, I, I know a lot, but I've never seen or heard about a Wahoo kicker. And so internet exists so i i, I, I googled uh, okay wahoo kicker okay i've never seen and heard about this brand and uh, then i found out that they had a german distributor but this was a, a very very small one who was not really yeah had the, the power uh, and so on to do some some marketing around wahoo and so i got in touch First with the distributor, never never heard back, and then, okay, let's try it directly at the United States. <laughs> let's call Atlanta and try it. And so, yeah, I got in touch with the right person, Kevin, uh, at this time. And uh, so the talks with, with, with Wahoo uh, began, and uh, finally it ended up uh, that I uh, was um, uh, started to work uh, for Wahoo, for building up uh, the brand awareness of Wahoo in the German market, for building up finally also the the sales in the German market, and what was uh, what I was very impressed uh, from the beginning that they that is a, that it is a company that is owned by Chip Chip Hawkins. So in Germany we say it's a Inhaber geführtes Unternehmen. So it doesn't belong to a private equity or something like this and uh, only an Excel sheet behind it. For sure, Excel sheets are important, but there is not only an Excel sheet behind it and looking uh, on numbers. So it's very, very product and product quality focus uh, company. And uh, it is a company that is focused on on the user. So it's... It started with an A&T dongle where you can make your smartphone or iPhone, uh, in, in this case, uh, compatible with your A&T uh, heart rate uh, sensor from from other brands, Garmin, Sunto, and uh, all, uh, all these brands. Uh, then they started to make, uh, well, who started to make uh, own sensors like heart rate sensors, speed and cadence sensors for cyclists. And in the beginning, okay, we need a sensor. Uh, that works with everything. So let's live this open source 
uh, idea also in our product. So make it compatible with ANT Plus and Bluetooth devices, what all our devices are still are. So they are still able to communicate with each other uh, on Bluetooth uh, and uh, ANT Plus. So no, no restrictions, no, no, no boundaries around the com company. So let's be open. Uh, to, to everything and, and to everything. So that, that's what I, I impressed me mainly and for sure to give the user, uh, yeah, let's call it a little bit like this Apple mindset, you take a product out of the box, take it in your hand and in the best case, uh, without any manual, you're able to, uh, you're able to set it up and uh, to use it. So the kicker comes out of a box with a cassette, with with the power plugs, with everything, and and when you install your our Wahoo Fitness app on the on your smartphone or tablet, then you are ready to go. And uh, let's say ten minutes after putting the stuff out of the box, you are able to do a ride on the kicker or put the element out of the box, set it up, and let's say in the best case, after ten minutes, you are able to do a ride with with your element outside without. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same feeling that I have, actually. I am feeling so proud and so fortunate, actually, to be part of this development of the Wahoo exactly because they think about the user first and then about anything else. Also, the thing that you were saying, something like the protocol that was um, open source at the beginning and then creating something that can work with all the sensor and all the devices that we have in our, uh, in our pocket and then just take out the device from the box and make it work after, I don't know, 10 minutes, as you were saying is the perfect thing without pushing buttons here and there. But so we are all, all super happy about having Wahoo now in the market, but I need to ask this question, what's the future of Wahoo? Tell me something, what's in the development? What is in the mystery box that will discover the future for Wahoo? If you can tell me something, if it's not top secret. Most of the stuff I could tell you now is top secret for sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> but for sure, I can promise you, we will never stop making existing products better. Uh, better in terms of usability, for sure some slightly changes, let's say for the kicker, bicycles are changing, new standards, new stuff, make it always, keep it always compatible with, what, with whatever is uh, coming up, what we've already launched and uh, what is uh, still not live on the market, sadly, but we have launched it last year at Eurobike, which is a kicker climb, which makes uh, indoor cycling more a little bit more realistic or, or so indoor cycling with all these software solutions uh, like Swift, Trainer Road, uh, KinoMap and so on uh, was getting realistic indoors, especially then with the first smart trainer, which was the Wahoo Kicker, which uh, which can uh, symbolize uh, yeah, going uphill, going downhill or control training, exactly what touch control the, the, the training. And the kicker climb we have launched uh, last year during Eurobike, uh, yeah, brings your front, the front part of your bike uh, up when you go uphill on uh, Swift, uh, or uh, down when you go downhill on the on Swift. What is good for for cycling on the trainer? It's more realistic, but you have also other. It's you have also other muscle groups. 
So we are in a gadget we are in a gadget industry anyway. So I don't I don't worry if one, uh, about one more gadget. <laughs> it's one more gadget in the gadget industry. <laughs> but uh, so um, it's yeah yeah. But it's also you you other muscle groups and on a static bike are are used. So tiny muscles. And what I can promise you and I can tell you in the future, there will come some stuff that makes indoor cycling a little bit more realistic. And uh, for sure we are, we will deliver um, the, the user, the cyclist, the triathlete, uh, the whole ecosystem of cycling. And for sure there are product sections that we are thinking about doing something, maybe we do something, but I will still, I will still uh, have the chance to surprise you with something. Wow, well, okay. <laughs> um, I really looking forward. I really can't wait to see some news about Wahoo and indoor, as you were mentioning, and I hope also outdoor, let's say, of or tracking or cycling computer news. I don't want to ask you anything more. I know that you have something like an embargo and stuff. You cannot say anything, but at least tell me when. They tell me a range, middle, future, long future. People want to know it. Uh, there will something, depends on how you uh, describe middle, long and short, but uh, let's say there's something in the short future. So we all know the Eurobike is very soon this year. Uh, and... Um, and there will be some uh, stuff in the middle future. When it comes to bicycle computers, we have launched uh, three models uh, during the last two years. For sure, there are companies out there that have a much wider range of bicycle computers. But uh, now we are working on the Element, on the Element Bold, and also on the Element Mini, Mini, not to put in a new bicycle computer on the market. So they have these. I'm no, I'm no software engineer, but they have this, let's say, software system behind. And uh, what we are now doing uh, is to make it better in uh, the bicycle computer. So add in more features. Uh, for sh Luckily, uh, in time, uh, it's, let's say, firmware, firmware updates are not for solving problems. <laughs> Uh, at Wahoo, so firmware updates are mainly, uh, and everybody who has an Element, Element Bolt, uh, or bicycle computer, uh, I recommend to do f all the firmware updates uh, that are available because these firmware updates are not solving problems or doing minor changes. They bring you new, new, uh, how is it called? New functions. Uh, yeah, new functions, new features. Okay, new features. great. So you, yeah, you're gonna work a lot then, as you are doing actually. I can see re pretty, pretty often uh, a new release of the software, and uh, I can see actually I saw a great development and a great improvement of the software itself. So great, great answer, great answer. I was not expecting anything more than this. I know <laughs> that actually you are working in secret because there is competition outside there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but talking about still another small development, and uh, yeah, let's say the development of Wahoo itself, also not only in terms of providing new features and providing new products to the normal people, to the regular Joe as I am, for example, but you are also moving and developing a bit more in terms of support for 
pro team and also normal team. Um, what happened actually to go a bit more into this conversation in Bielefeld with the Katusha team this weekend? You are just back from uh, from Bielefeld actually, you just arrived because there was this event in Bielefeld this weekend. What was about? Was something about the Katusha team, Katusha Alpesin team, but it was not for the pro team, right? Yes. So, what Wahoo in total and me in Germany uh, is focusing on is well, it's this kind of grassroots marketing. So, not sponsoring a big pro team and then hoping that all the people, uh, let's as you mentioned it, on the ground are, are, are buying it because we are sponsoring uh, big pro teams, uh, every big pro team that is available. So, for us and the story is more like we are doing grassroots stuff partnering with local bike shops like supporting for example here in berlin uh, bike line uh, with with pascoli with the team riders and so on or standard uh, the standard team or also uh, schindelhauer team or partnering with shops like schicke mütze that are great influencers in in Düsseldorf, always companies like Listen Ride that are renting bikes to cyclists uh, all over Europe now, I think. And you can also mention myself, actually. And and yourself and yeah, these people, these so-called influencers. But there we are also looking, okay, does this guy not, we are not only looking how many followers does he have on Instagram. Okay, does this guy uh, fit, fit to us? And uh, The step to the pro teams and to be honest this is no marketing blah blah now so it's more like the pro team a lot of pro teams were really looking for a functional bicycle computer that works without any problems with all the sensors they have because they have here they have a partnership with a power meter company on the other hand they have a partnership with this and and yeah and it's very difficult to find a device Uh, that is able to connect without any problems with uh, with every power power meter and to show up the data on the on the head unit uh, uh, that is that is needed for us and uh, all the pro teams have heard okay you you have a great product let's let's talk about it and they visited us at uh, Eurobike and then they realized oh this works works really for sure when it then when it then come to pro teams uh it's about okay how does this partnership look like how money how much money will go back and forth and how much products and all this stuff uh, that's that's normal but for sure we are proud uh, to be in uh, partnering with the pro teams and the lucky punch for me in germany that we have the two uh, the most uh, importance here now for 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 the german uh, cycling and pro team cycling which is bora and which is uh, alpecin and what alpecin does Uh, is uh, bringing this down to the average rider. rider. So since 10 years ago, they are partnering, uh, working together with a German road bike uh, magazine. And uh, they are inviting people, okay, for one year, or let's say for for one season. For this year, 7,000 people applied to be part of the Alpecin Gran Fondo team and out of these wow. 7,000 applications they picked out 12 riders from from the UK, from the Netherlands, from Italy and from uh, the guy from Italy is also uh, Stefano. Ah, cool. <laughs> lucky name. Lucky name. And uh, from Milano, Stefano uh-huh. from Milano. Yeah, and from Germany uh, for sure. And uh, yeah, these they picked out 12 riders 
random people, some have never heard about uh, social media, some are strong in social media, young ladies, old guys, so a very, very great mixture of people. And they will be, and when they were asking, so Lude, Jörg Ludewig, your former German pro, was asking us, uh, uh, Wahoo, okay, will you also partner the current funder team? So it was no big, I don't have to think about it, so for sure we will support also the when you support the pros, we have to support uh, the, let's say, the average rider also. And last weekend, uh, there was in Bielefeld the presentation of this uh, Grand Fondo team of these 12 riders, and they got the same Canyon bikes, the pro team, had not, not the same models. They have the endurance model, which is a little bit more comfortable because there are people in the team that are on the road bike only since six months, seven months. Mm -hmm. and. The, one of the Dutch guys was, okay, my longest bike ride was 90k. And then I said, okay, but you had headwind in the Netherlands. So it's like 180k in Italy, for yeah. example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It depends if you're going uphill or downhill, but I would say yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's, a, it's an endurance uh, model, so a little bit more comfortable model, but with the same colorway, with the same look. For sure, they have elements, they get power meter grants, they will be uh, trained by Radlabor, uh, uh, got a bike fitting, got uh, uh, Leistungsdiagnostik, forgot the English yeah. word, uh, yeah, diagnostics yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of their the training. Yeah. training and uh, yeah, they, they will be treated like pros for the, for the next half year and uh, it was so amazing to see how a 60-year-old British guy was like like a little child in a <laughs> in a sweet sort of ah how cool is it because they did not know what they get so they were, were invited to Bielefeld and we prepared everything behind closed doors and there was these introductions and then the doors opened and like oh they got helmets they got uh, they got the elements and they got this something like it was like the Christmas night right yeah it was uh, I think for them it was. The best Christmas they had during the last years. <laughs> wow, I'm dreaming about it. It was, I think, I know it would have been amazing, really. Yeah, yeah, it was was amazing. And then they will have a training camp next week uh, in Kaltern, uh, where I think also will some come some guys from the pro team. So they that's that's a really really great uh, story and great things uh, Alpecin is uh, doing around and uh, around. For, for the this Grand Fonda team, the uh, average rider, and for me especially, and for Wahoo, it's very important to be part of this thing. So not only focusing on pro trials leads and pro teams and uh, throwing money in this and products in this. So you have to spread it. Let's say for, for me, I have to spread it through all over Germany, and uh, uh, for sure, working very close together with the rider and for me also important is to do rides with them so not only sitting here in my office uh, and uh, deciding stuff and sending stuff and doing stuff so i have to be i have to be there i have to do i will do a ride uh, rides as as many as uh, possible with okay i have 25 element loaners give them to people do a ride with them uh, answering every question uh, that's pop up pops up during the ride, and let's say up to 200k, I'm, I'm I'll be in ev every ride. <laughs> when okay. it's longer than 200k, it's getting difficult. But uh, yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, to be in it. 
that's yeah, yeah, yeah. important to be part of it. Yeah, you were talking about, and we will go till to the last question here. You were talking about that for sure you're going to be involved, you're going to be engaged, you're going to ride your bicycle. Do you have yeah. any kind of challenge for you this year, bicycle related, riding bicycle related, obviously? Do you have something in mind? Are you planning something? Uh, for sure, when you are working and with family and uh, kids and all this stuff, the first challenge is to get on the bike as, as often as possible. For me, yes. not only on the bike, so I'm also into running, so to do runs as often as possible <laughs> and, and, and cycling. And uh, when it comes to events and uh, to competitions, actually, I have uh, two things on my schedule for this year. This is uh, both are in October, though this will be tough. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing is the Amsterdam Marathon. For running okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's mid-october and beginning of mid-october and the other thing which is more challenging for me where i'm sadly not allowed to use any wahoo product maybe secret really? in the back pocket will be the okay. uh, will be Leroica, but the long distance are, are you going to the heroica ingo yes i'm planning to do the heroica in italy uh, in october uh, Okay. Actually, if I can tell you a secret, I hope that nobody will listen to us. I got two times the Wahoo with me during the Eroica. Yeah, that I will. I will put the it pocket. in my back pocket, but exactly. it's not allowed to have it on the handlebar. <laughs> no, no, it's not allowed. It's true. I was having it in my pocket, and nobody will will see what uh, was seeing it. So yeah, and I will do the, the long distance, which will be 200. the two hundred kilometers, yes. right? Yes. If okay. then, if then and. But my challenge on the way to the Eruka is I already uh, purchased the frame uh, mm -hmm. and now I have to build it up. Okay, so you have the frame. Which frame it is? Oh, this is a, a Teledyne titanium frame, Teledyne Titan. Wow. This okay. is so now... the, the story behind Eruka and this frame. So yeah, tell I, us. I got to tell a little bit. So I was on the book. Of, of, of Tino, Tino Pullman, uh, which is a Berlin-based cycling photographer. A lot of people know, but maybe some uh, don't know. So uh, Google for Tino Pullman, then you see what he's doing. Uh, and uh, it was on his birthday, and there was another friend uh, who is in the marketing of uh, in the bicycle industry also. And uh, yeah, they were talking about Eroican, were asking me, okay, will you take part of Eroican? And yeah, but then I mentioned so when it comes to material, to the hardware, to the bicycle, I'm, I try to be a little bit special. And then, okay, what, how old, okay, 30 years, what materials exist? Did carbon bikes exist? A few. Did titanium bike exist? And so the titanium bikes we know now, like started with Zerota and stuff like this in the end of 90s. So they are a little bit too young and not allowed to use for Eroica and then on the morning, so the party, the, the, the birthday party was on a Saturday evening. On Sunday morning, I was sitting here uh, at home and oh, what, what frames, what frames? There, there must be more titanium at this time. And uh, because I'm a little bit in love with titanium stuff. And um, I found about three brands. Uh, one was Teledyne Titanium, then a German manufacturer i forgot the name and one in the uk the german and the uk one were re really tailor-made uh, titanium frames that the companies exist for three to five years and maybe in the next 30 years you will find a frame to buy one 
Uh, but then I stumbled upon this Teledyne Titanium, and uh, mm. this was the first and only at this time company that did uh, not tailor-made titanium frames, uh, so kind of a mass production titanium frame. So they built 2,000 frames, around 2,000 frames between 1947, uh, uh, 1974 and 1976. And that, hmm, I'm born 1975. Maybe I find a frame out of my birth, birth year or, or around this time. <laughs> wow. And then I went on eBay and put in Teledyne Titanium. And there was really a guy from Belgium who's, who was selling a new unused uh, of this frame from 1974. And then for, uh, what was it, around 680, 700 euros, the frame yeah. set. And then okay. I was sending Christian, the other Eroica guy, and Tino the link that, 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 shall I buy it? And Christian, yeah, buy it. <laughs> shall I buy it? Okay, how can I tell it to my wife that I now spend 700 euros? <laughs> For another bicycle. <laughs> okay, click, buy, and then now I have the Teledyne Titanium frame, and it has to be something special, and now, okay, now it's the challenge is not to put a, I'm an absolutely Campagnolo fan, but not to put a super record on it, not to put a Durace on it, so to find something also special exactly oh, and in the best case from 1974 75 76 so there are some parts around uh, but they're tough to find wow and it's a great story a, so the, for sure you get everything but uh -huh. it depends on if you're willing to pay how much yeah. you are willing to pay for whatever Great. So yeah, then uh, what can I say? Good luck for it. Keep us updated actually on uh, how the, your building of the bicycle is going on. And then once that we have everything put together, we can go out and have a ride to test your new uh, vintage bicycle, titanium bicycle. Yeah. Yeah, this will be uh, this will also be a challenge because when you when you search for stories about these frames, it, it was a, a very difficult frame to write. That's what the stories tell about these frames. So, okay. well, let's see, let's see. Mm -hmm. But I will write it, and I will write it for two hundred k at the World Cup. And you will do it if I did it. Yeah, I will do it <laughs> for sure. Finish. Yeah, you have to finish everything you do and everything you start. You always have to finish. You cannot leave stuff around, actually. Otherwise, it doesn't work. No. <laughs> if I start a competition, if I start a race, if it was triathlon in running, you always have to finish. It's true. <laughs> it's the same thing that I'm telling to myself about the maratona and uh, the etap du tour, and for sure, there's not no other way of doing it. You know, there's no other escape. Finish it. <laughs> It does not have to be fast, but... No, exactly, exactly, but you have to finish. <laughs> Perfect, Ingo. It was really, really, really a pleasure to talk with you today. Yeah, me too, me too. And uh, yeah, keep us up to date, as I was saying, and uh, talk to you next time. Yeah, thank you. Ciao, and Thanks for inviting me for the interview. It's a pleasure. Ciao, Stefano. Ciao, Ingo. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> ciao. And after Bregan, also Ingo now talks about the Eroica. You are almost convincing me. What should I do, guys? Should I go? probably have to organize myself to go there for the fifth time let me know hello at calamaro.cc that's my email instagram.com slash calamaro cc you know what i'm talking about twitter.com slash read calamaro follow me on spreaker spreaker.com slash listen calamaro and look for broom wagoon on the apple podcast and then hit the subscribe button and then you will receive updates every week. When my episode is out, you will listen to the bell. And 
thanks Wahoo, thanks Ingo, thanks Isador, thanks Peter, and thanks Martin. And uh, yeah, check it out. This weekend is gonna be fireworks. Talk to you next Tuesday.